0: This is Melissa Milner. Welcome to the Teacher As Podcast. The goal of this weekly podcast is to help you explore your passions and learn from others in education and beyond to better your teaching. The Teacher As will highlight uncommon parallels to teaching as well as share practical ideas for the classroom. In this episode, I interview Ricardo Calderon. Ricardo is a world traveler and a passionate educator who uses project based language learning in his work as a Spanish teacher. His story and travels are inspiring. I hope you enjoy The Teacher as Traveler. Welcome, Ricardo.
1: Hello. Hi there. How are you?
0: Great. Could you just tell The Teacher as Listeners a little bit about what you do?
1: I'm a Spanish teacher. Uh, I've been teaching uh, Spanish at different levels, all the way from elementary to university. And um, I'm also a wannabe, huge wannabe like, tech integrator. In my classes. And uh, another thing that I try to do is involve travel. I'm actually an international educator. So I've been teaching uh, for the past 15 years abroad. Uh, I was seven years in the Middle East, in Oman. And uh, the rest of the other years, I spent them in the US teaching in North Carolina and in New York City.
0: Wow. Did you start teaching by teaching abroad or did that just fall into your lap somehow?
1: Yes, well, actually, I started in my home country, Panama. I started as an elementary school teacher, homeroom teacher for so the very first years, and then right after after my third year, um, I had a professor that kept telling us, "Just don't wait until you get older. You know, go ahead and pursue your master's degree or even go for your doctorate." And at that time, we had uh, several programs that were marketing uh, universities in the U.S. And uh, I ended up pursuing one of those. And I ended in North Carolina and attended uh, North Carolina State University, uh, where I pursued my master's in Spanish language and literature. And from there, right after that, I started teaching in the public schools of North Carolina. And I met several international teachers that were being hired from abroad to teach uh, different subjects. And I said, like, you know, why not? Why not give it a try? And... Uh, like seven years later, I gave it my first try. And it so happened that uh, an opening appeared in the Middle East. I had never been on that part of the world. I didn't even know what the Sultanate of Oman, if it was actually a a real country or what. Right. (laughs) So, and I jumped right into it. I said, you know, I've never been in that part of the world. Why not?
0: Did you always have a passion for travel and for going to different places like this?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, Also, I have had the opportunity that growing up, my parents uh, used to work for a transnational company, uh, United Fruit Company, which is well known by Chiquita Banana. Oh, yeah. uh, (laughs) Yes, quite possibly the world's perfect food. So we had like uh, teachers from the way I was educated. um, My teachers were all from different parts of the world. And at a school, we were able to travel uh, quite a bit. So that somewhat brought into me that global perspective of life. And I just wanted to continue doing that, especially in my classes. Once I became a teacher, I said, you know, we all need to have that global perspective. And you know that after all, it's a a small world and we have so much in common.
0: So you start teaching in North Carolina and then you end up, I mean, in a totally other part of the world. Yes. Was there a program to teach you how to teach abroad or you just were thrown into it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it was a little bit of, um, well, I was pursuing uh, what is called like, international education. So m- the majority of them follow either the IB, the International Baccalaureate, or they follow the U.S. curriculum. Um, so the school I ended up uh, working for In the Middle East, uh, was following the U.S. curriculum. It was an American-based school, so it was. I was doing the same thing I was doing in the U.S. The only thing in a totally different country. So living as an expat, um, of course, in a whole different culture, like everything completely different. Right. Uh, At least in the school, everything was uh, like Western-oriented. So that wasn't that much of a a cultural shock Uh, what it was more of a culture shock was actually when we left you know the confines of the school campus and we were like right in the middle of a whole different culture a whole different language and traditions and everything but little by little of course we did get a little bit of training of how to especially being a Muslim country of how we had to uh, behave and what we could and could not do and What we should and must not do, and so on and so forth. So it was definitely a learning curve, but um, it was well worth it. Well, well worth it. um, Especially being the Middle East, that many people have many preconceived ideas of what it is, and just being there, you get to see it's like it's it's totally different. Nothing, nothing that you thought what it would be.
0: That's fascinating. Could you describe the biggest lesson you learned from teaching?
1: abroad? The one, um, the biggest lesson I definitely have had is, and I keep learning, is knowing that um, again, this is a small world and that we do have, uh, even though we might come from different cultures, different traditions, you know, at the end we all follow, we have so much in, in common, whether, whether it's celebrations whether it's like the way uh, people or families, you know, they communicate and do things, um, it, especially being, being Latino. Um, uh, I definitely saw a big connection between the, you know, the Hispanic culture and that of the Arabs and Muslims, because, you know, they're very, they're very centered in relationships. Um, so I was able to see that and to live through that and see, like, for example, they if you come to visit, eh, the Arabs or Muslims will invite you into their homes and they'll greet you. They'll give you, like, every everything they might have at that particular moment. They'll offer you coffee or tea and with some dates. So, you know, you always see that relationship building that starts from the very beginning. Uh, so definitely I would say that that's, that's the biggest lesson, that that we actually have to concentrate more on looking at our – similarities rather than our differences.
0: Right. That's a, it's a beautiful theme throughout education. Right. Right. So what is your philosophy of teaching languages and do you believe in full immersion or how, what are you used to teaching? What, what methodologies for teaching Spanish?
1: I definitely, and I truly truly believe in comprehensible input that um, First of all, when you, you, you don't necessarily learn a language, you acquire a language. And that's what I concentrate and focus with my students is uh, on how to help them acquire the language. That is how is to help them how to communicate and not necessarily learn a uh, focus on learning about the grammar, like and how to get the correct conjugation or, you know, because when you go out there, you go out into the real world. You won't be asking somebody, like, I really want to tell you something, but I, at this moment, I can't remember what's the correct conjugation of uh, past subjunctive or something like that. No, you, <laughs> you try to always to get your message across. And um, with students, my philosophy is definitely based on, on these three modes of communication, whether it's presentational, uh, writing, or oral, if it's, uh, if it's interactive, person-to-person, or, or if it's interpretive you know, reading comprehension and listening comprehension is how they can use uh, the language to communicate their needs, their aspirations, you know, get the message across. That's my biggest philosophy when it comes to language acquisition.
0: And what is the best either tech tool or strategy that you use when you teach?
1: Oh, yes. For um, the good thing is now, especially with the current impasse, Technology has definitely come in as a huge aid to teachers and educators worldwide. And, um, one that I, one tech tool that I've been using the most has been, uh, Flipgrid. Oh, I love Flipgrid. (laughs) Especially because you're able to, you know, empower those students to be as creative as they can and also in a fun way, right? They're still communicating, they're interacting they're uh, you know it's just like having um i guess before when you had just a discussion board and people would post written comments In here you actually can do it through video and you can have the stickers and all of that um so that has been a game changer using flipgrid and also to adobe adobe spark whether it's spark page spark video or spark post it's for also students to be able to Um, also to use a creativity and create like whether it's a posters like even a blog you know that you can include images videos and use different fonts and uh you know make it definitely more visually attractive so those are my two biggest ones i've been using right now where are you teaching now (laughs) yes that's a good question yes um well i this year i was back in panama and, and um I accepted a job in mid-March to teach in Shanghai. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'll be relocating to Shanghai hopefully sometime soon. (laughs) So, yes, I'm definitely looking forward to that. It's going to be a whole uh, different challenge because it will be like how to help uh, Chinese speakers acquire Spanish and also the culture. So we go then again, you know, it's a whole different the way we communicate. But it's to be able, they're definitely big, big on wanting to acquire the Spanish language. So yes, so my, my newest post right now, I'm just waiting on, um, the borders have finally opened. I'm just right now in the process of my visa paperwork. And also, hopefully sometime soon, the, the flights will be able to, the price will go down. Because right now they're like $4,000. Wow. It's just ridiculous. So, hopefully, like within a month or so, I'll be relocating to Shanghai.
0: So, how do you go to a place where you don't speak? Do you? I assume you don't speak. I don't. Yeah. So that doesn't scare you or make you nervous. You Um, (laughs) like getting lost.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. uh, Well, the good thing about uh, Shanghai, it's a financial city. It's a huge financial city. So it's very cosmopolitan it's like being in new york city yeah and or being in another major city around the world so i, I know that i'll definitely be able to find people with whom I, communi- I can communicate whether in english or spanish and but i'm definitely looking forward to um also acquiring mandarin and be able to communicate um that's one of also my my biggest thing being a, as an expat uh teacher is um, to definitely get immersed in the culture and the language, so um, I'm definitely looking forward to. I know it might take me uh, quite some time, a few years, to fully, yeah. fully get to acquire Mandarin, and uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. So no, no, and then I would say that no, I'm not feeling uh, nervous or anxious. I'm def- I'm just excited. I'm beyond excited to you know go into a new culture and to learn. I like I'm um, definitely that lifelong learner. I like, you know, go get her, let's do this. Awesome. What's your proudest moment in your work? Ooh, my proudest moment in my work has definitely been uh for students to approach me at different stages whether they're still at school or they have graduated or, you know, um for them to, you know, send me like a OneNote or a little message or something and say like, Mr. Calderon, uh, I just wanted to say, thank you so much for this, this and the other or, and that has definitely been the proudest moments because you get to see that you definitely made an impact in this, in the lives of these students and uh, that they have really, I mean, the effort and all the activities you plan for them, the way you design, Uh, the learning activities, all this pays off, you know, that they definitely have been able to make a connection with you. And uh, I would say that that has been my proudest moment also for parents also to contact me and say, Oh no, my daughter, like I have, I have had um, a parent that whose daughter ended up going for a summer. She did like an internship in Nicaragua and she went there for the summer and the parents later contacted me and say, you know, my daughter is out there in Nicaragua helping in this community. And she's definitely, you know, being able to use her language skills. And they have come very handy, you know, and for them to, to contact you and let you know that, it's, it's quite mind-blowing, yes.
0: That's great. What are you Zooming in
1: on right now with your work? Zooming in! Um, yeah, right now. I'm totally redesigning my, uh, the program that I'm trying to work with, especially now because my audience are Chinese speakers. So I'm also trying to build con- make connections with them and building relationships. And so I'm also, in the way that I'm learning uh, Chinese or Mandarin, is to be able to incorporate uh, Chinese and Spanish Without having to use English in between and for to, to let them know you know that I'm also invested in learning their language and um, so that's my, my big 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 project right now. Um, beyond that, um, I all, all almost started a, to become a Google certified uh, coach, but perhaps going to China where Google is not um, is blocked. Um, I have had to put that on a, on a standby for now, but so I'm concentrating on uh, integrating more Chinese into the, the activities and learning more about the culture and you know, right. how to make that, you know, close that gap between you know, Latin America and the Spanish speaking world, you know, and that of China.
0: Very cool. So this is probably seeming like a strange question, but what's your favorite movie and why?
1: Ooh, that's a, that's a really one. Um, I would have to say, like, my ultimate favorite movie that I definitely take into consideration. and I could watch over and over again. I do, I do prefer comedy. And, um, and maybe perhaps it might have to be a connection with why I decided to move to China or relocate to China. Um, this movie is called Kung Fu Hustle.
0: Oh yes.
1: <laughs> and I've told several friends, you know, like it's my ultimate favorite. I know it might not be the most like the to go to movie, but uh the way the it's its own comedy. It's it's a comedy, but it has a very touching line at the very end and it's very, you know, humane in many aspects and very re- realistic. So um that's that's what has been uh has made a big connection with me, and especially because growing up, when I used to spend time with my with my dad, my father, he's a fan of all type of uh, Asian movies, especially that have to do with karate or kung fu or anything other than that. And I think that's has to have had some connection in me enjoying watching over and over Kung Fu Hustle.
0: Interesting. I haven't seen that since it came out. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to watch that again. <laughs> I remember enjoying it.
1: It is. It is. It's quite, it's quite funny.
0: So do you like, like Enter the Dragon and and those types of... Yes,
1: yes. I've seen quite a few of those as well. But um, I think these are, tend to be a bit more dramatic. Yeah. Um, but uh, but definitely, like I, was, I still enjoy... My, my to-go movie type is always comedy. And I guess that's why it's always uh, made that connection with Kung Fu Hustle. It has a little bit of dancing, a little bit of action, a little bit of comedy, uh, a little bit of weeping moments.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I did go on your website. Can you tell us more about your website and is the website about travel or education or? Well,
1: I have decided to merge like two of my biggest passion, which is education, but mainly tech integration and traveling into into my website. And what I do is... um, and I guess that is also connects with what's my, one of my biggest projects is I keep using project-based learning. But in my case, as a language uh, educator, um, we call it project-based language learning. And this uh, follow, we do follow the standards for PBL, for high-quality PBL. But being the Spanish-speaking world, eh, it talks about, you know, I try to showcase to students the richness of the Hispanic community everywhere, you know, and it's to make connections, to help them make connections with the culture, the traditions, and also for them to become agents of change. And I'm also a true believer in uh, service learning. And so I definitely use uh, my PBL activities to get students to use their talent, you know, and to reach out to those that are less, less fortunate in their communities, in their countries, or even abroad you know, especially in my class, as they're acquiring Spanish, is how can they help make a difference in the lives of, in some way, of Spanish speakers? You know, how can they just aid or help or collaborate with them in order to solve a particular issue? So that's what my, my website is mainly about. Um, I design and implement uh, project-based language learning, and I post them on my website for the other teachers who... I come in contact with so they can actually use them, you know, and replicate them, and in the same way, it's like, for example, coming up in, for the ACTFL, which is a language uh, convention that we have in November, a group of friends and I, we also presented, presenting on project-based language learning, and that's what, that's what it is there. So are my two biggest passions to travel, again, so I'm showcasing, you know, the similarities that we have rather than differences, and then how to use technology to reach that gap, whether it's distance or language wise, culture wise, bring them a little bit closer to what language, language acquisition really means.
0: What's the website? Because it really, I, I went on, I, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it was really cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, I have to, the one for, that I use for project-based language learning and anything that is tech related, it's called initiating. Um, of how you get to flip the classroom and also design activities. So literally, it's flipperentiating.com. Please go and visit it, you know, show, that, show it some love. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the one I also connected there with, with travel, it's called El Musafir. It's E-L underscore M-U-S-A-F-I-R dot com. And it has to do, actually, the translation of that is a combination of the article the in Spanish, I mean L, and Musafir, which is the Arabic word for traveler. So it's a traveler.
0: I think I went on to the L. El-
1: Musafir, yeah. because
0: yeah, it was all travel stuff. It was very good. Yes, cool. yes. So flipperentiated.
1: Flipperentiating. Ing. Yeah, ING.
0: How about, you know, your Twitter and all that?
1: I'm at, at flipperentiating. I'm trying to make that all connected to that. And you can find me on Twitter through at Flipper Initiating, which is also connected to my website about tech integration and project-based language learning.
0: Are you on like Facebook or Instagram?
1: Yes. And on Facebook, uh, well, Facebook might be a little bit, uh, um, I don't use it as often as I should. I mainly use it just to connect to uh, when other people I follow make the presentations but on instagram definitely that one is l e l underscore m u s a f i r and there you can see my posts that are really related to travel and how do i integrate it with uh with my classes and also i like to showcase a little bit of uh, my culture and my country as well panama right now i'm close to 60 uh countries that i've visited And so my goal is to someday make it to 100 so I can be part of that like 100 countries club that exists out there.
0: That's a totally reachable goal considering you're already at 60.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Thank you so much, Ricardo. This is really amazing. And I have to admit, very inspiring.
1: Thank, definitely. Thanks for this opportunity. Um, I could definitely encourage all my fellow educators out there to, you know, if you have the chance or the opportunity to go and teach abroad, don't think about it twice. Uh, it's, a, it's a definitely a very enriching activity and to be able to go abroad and do that. So you get to, you know, travel and fulfill your aspirations and dreams of being an educator out there.
0: If you enjoyed this episode and have not done so already, please hit the subscribe button for the Teacher As podcast so you can get future episodes. I would love for you to leave a review and a rating as well if you have time. For my blog, transcripts of this episode, and links to any resources mentioned, visit my website at www.theteacheras.com. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at Melissa B. Milner. And I hope you check out the Teacher As Facebook page for episode updates. I am sending a special thanks to Linda and Lester Fleischman, my mom and dad, for being so supportive. They are the voices you hear in the Zooming In soundbite, and my dad composed and performed the background music you are listening to right now. My intro music was Upbeat Party by Scott Holmes. So what are you Zooming In on? I would love to hear from you. My hope is that we all share what we are doing in the classroom in order to teach, remind, affirm, and inspire each other. Thanks for listening. And that's a wrap.